Beers and Cheers podcast, week 13. Texas is back from the Bijan game up in Lawrence. Does that get him to New York? No. Fuck. If you had the first F word in the first 30 seconds. Yeah, that was was aggressive. (laughs) I I don't know, but like 240 yards and... A little too much, a little too much too late, unfortunately. Damn it. Well, anyways, we are back. One last game. The season, the sandwich is at that last bite. You might be lucky enough to get a little extra, a little dessert if the cards fall in Texas's favor, which we will get into later. But regardless, John came back from a good win. Not a great win, but a good win in Kansas. I don't want this game to be overhyped. Because of no. what the season has come to. Yeah. But that is an underrated Kansas team and probably the best Kansas team that they've had in, I don't know, 15 years? Well, yeah, we'll since dive like in. 2007? Well, no. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, 2007, 2008 with Reasing and yeah. whatever that receiving uh, receiver was. But yeah, they, they they came out the shoots pretty hot. And then once TCU discovered or really showed that their defense was crap, they've struggled ever since. And that was, that was like one of the worst defenses. That was almost. Worse than OU at uh, the OU game this year, but um, yeah, we did what we needed to do. We we made Kansas look like Kansas again, which is the first time since like 2018. <laughs> I think people were scared going into that game, maybe, and that's why the uh, get, the win was a little more heralded than it should have been. Agreed. Um, but again, as I say, I I don't think. And I, here here's another bingo card. Stuart talking about advanced stats. Kansas, according to advanced stats, is not a bad team. And by not a bad team, I mean in the top 25. So I'll take it. Uh, but first, I was John, wrong. I was wrong there, actually. It was 2017 when we blew them out. 2016 is when we lost. 2018 yes. is when we also struggled up there. 2019, well, we, we barely won. Yeah. Dicker got us in. 2020, we skipped. 21, we lost. But yeah, so we did what we were supposed to do versus Kansas for the first time in five years. That's, that, that's why. It's like internally, it feels like a big win for us, even though like the other people is like, all right, Texas did what they were supposed to do. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, beer of the week. It's uh, in line with what the pre-recording conversation was about. It's going to be a beer from Waco, Bear Arms Brewery, which is really has a burnt orange and purple aspect, or I guess color to their symbol. So it's like, Maybe they're Longhorns of some sort and have a TCU. What's it called? Bear Arms, B-A-R-E, not like the not the uh, animal, yeah. B-E-A-R. But Bear Arms Brewery, it's on the southeast side of Waco, and we're going to go with a 35 Special Kolsch in honor of Stuart. Why? Do I like Kolsch's? No, because you like I-35. Oh. Come on, you missed that? You missed that? Yeah, sorry. A refreshing and flavorful European Kolsch beer, 35 Special, is made by fermenting an ale at lager temperatures along the I-35 corridor. I have been living on I-35 the past few weekends. Shout out, uh, Michelle and Billy. That um, was the point of the joke, I-35, but you completely butchered the moment. It's okay. Just, sorry. Uh, shout out, Michelle and Billy. Y'all are in Thailand, I think, right now. So you probably I saw, not to I saw they were in somewhere in Asia on, on Instagram. It was impressive. Um, Any other shout You got any shout outs? Um, shout out to Thanksgiving coming up. Family, family. I'm gonna go family. That's lame. Um, all right. Oh, pre shout out. Also, shout out Andrew Campbell. You proposed tonight. There we go. Congrats. That's hot off the press. That's a, uh, that that's is a, hot off the Well, the problem is we're talking about it in real time, but by the time most people listen to this, it's going to be like. Yeah, now you get to, now people get to figure out when we record it. We're not going to say what day it is right now, but now people get to figure it out. I like that. All right, let's get into the, as I think I'm going to stick with calling it the Bijan game. That is how you run the damn ball. That was fun to watch. From even just the first quarter was just pure run the ball, 90, 1980s, like Chicago Bears, <laughs> Walter Payton, like domination on the ground. Um, there were some, there was a lot of old, <laughs> old dads that are sitting there like, you know, if they would have done this every game this season, 
They've been going to the national championship. Well, I've been saying yeah, it ever since the first game. And if you didn't have a whatever, you would be my aunt. So whatever. It's just everything. Every game's different. We're not all that lucky that we get to play the Kansas defense every weekend. But alas, that was a great effort, especially from Bijan. Two hundred forty-three yards, twenty-five carries. Do you know that? Do you know what his longest carry was? Don't look. Do you know? I do not. But I'm going to guess. Say, guess. Yeah. Yes. 47 way off 32 hmm. that's that is domination and that is so much fun to watch and it even was kind of contagious Roshan I'm talking meaningful snaps still picked up 34 yards and seven carries still averaging five um, a clip and then Jonathan Brooks has over 100 yards too yeah um, on 11 carries so averaging almost 10 yards he technically averaged more yards per carry than Bijan, which is scary but he also had one 70 yard touchdown run but still fun to watch yeah and one of my favorite parts honestly of the game not at the moment it wasn't my favorite part but the fact that we were driving on that first possession and then on the third down uh quinn <laughs> quinn pulls on the rpo and they, I think the D end is the one who tipped the ball. So we go, you know, yes. go off the field. And <laughs> if you can see in the distance, Sark is just yelling at him about, like, do not pull on the do RPO. Like, give, yeah. <laughs> give the ball. Like, what are you doing? And the give rest the ball of the, game, to the Italians. The poor kid did not pull the ball on any RPO. It literally went to Roshan or Bijan the rest of the way. So, yeah. I, I made that note to Quinn. I was going to get to it later. But yeah, great way to not be selfish on the RPOs and just hand it off every time. But yeah. let the defense think, yeah, he could throw it this time. <laughs> yeah. That, I, did I, mean, not, I did not see that. Uh, Sark, I missed that. That's pretty funny. I mean, yeah, there was no point of trying to force a throw at all. But yeah, it, it, it was impressive. We'll get to the offensive line in a bit because they deserve a lot of credit for what they did. Um, but even when Bijan got into a little bit of a congested area, that guy was making moves and cutting better than he has all year. Um, yeah. So that was that was fun to watch. I was glad that he got to do that. I wish it would have been in a bigger setting, not on like not in Lawrence, Kansas, on FS1 with announcers who literally didn't know how to speak. But hey, it wasn't they, what's his name though. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but kept, no, it was not him. But it, it was guys who were definitely should have been on FS2 or the late night yeah. FS1 game. But they. Uh, you know, it, the the guys Bijan is going to go down as like statistically one of our best running backs, but like mm-hmm. nothing is going to show for it because it was unfortunate that he had the COVID year and then he had the kind of like first Sarkeesian year where kind of everything blew up in our face. Mm-hmm. Um, but statistically, you'll always see his name up there on the charts, and then there's like nothing to show for, it, which sucks. So I hope he, you know, gets another chance at it this week with a little bit more of a prime time game. Um, to at least showcase what he's been able to do. Again, I repeat what I said earlier. I think it's a little too, little too late to get him up to New York, but you know he'll definitely be on the finalist for the running back award, uh, best running back in the nation award. Yeah, it sucks. Um, everything you you just said, I agree with. Uh, also, just crazy, but he, I mean, he, uh, they flashed those numbers up there, like when he passed three thousand yards. I think on that, like second possession of the game maybe and then they flashed like every other yard every all the other like historical texas running back yards like ricky's six thousand yards it's is absurd i know it was four years but still yeah that, like if bichon stays next year i mean he won't he's gone but like he doesn't get the, he didn't even sniff that cedric it, benson's at 5500 and he may not even get that if he stayed another year it, it takes like somebody who like a Bijan in this random stat, or I guess, you know, okay, I'm comparing it to what you're not going to like, but I'll get there in a second. But it takes someone like Bijan who like is all going off and he's like, wow, this guy's really good for you to realize how good actually the number one person was, right? Yeah. What I was going to say was Altuve when he was hitting really well. Oh, and when you saw Pete Rose's numbers of like, God, how the hell would you ever get to Pete Rose? <laughs> like, like that's, yeah. that's, that's, it's, it's, it makes you really, applaud those guys who actually you know are at number one or at one point the uh cream on and his point um you know it was for a while it was like no way lebron could ever get there but now he's actually is so that doesn't actually work but point is yeah the, also they weren't really, were they showing running back total yards or were they showing uh like all players total yards 
Uh, running back. They didn't show Vince, who has okay. over three thousand two. Correct. Yeah, I, I was confused. I was like, wait. It was no, like, ju- no, yeah, just running back. You're, you're Bijan right. Jamal, some random dude who was old. Yeah, Chris um, Gilbert, I think. Yeah, Cedric Benson. Okay, every dad that listens is going to be like, oh, my God, he doesn't know who that is. You don't know uh, who that is. Uh, Cedric and then Ricky, right? Uh, yes. The one thing I will say is uh, an Earl. Do you say Earl? Whoa, 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 Earl. Sorry. <laughs> Earl, Cedric, then Ricky. But the one thing I will say is, like, Bijan right now, his career, he's averaging 6.1 yards a carry, and Ricky's obviously number one, but he's at 6.2. So, I, I know it's the gross yards are not obviously not there, but still the yards per carry and the overall talent are one thousand percent there. And yeah, it's such a wasted you know kind of glory in a, in a way. It sucks, but I think he's one of those guys that's gonna do pretty well in the NFL. So hopefully that kind of keeps Texas some gives Texas a little more notoriety, uh, especially with recruiting efforts. I mean, hey, guys like that, especially looking. I mean. Can we name an offensive lineman from the, his prior two years? No. Like, mm-mm, not even close. Well, like, did he get Cosme? He got Cosme in 2020, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. That's it. Hey, I got a question. Hmm. Was anyone, is Ricky, is he number one? Is that like the still the record? Like, For, across, not just Texas, I'm talking about all NCAA? NCAA, yeah, I believe so. I'm going to go on a limb here and say nobody's ever going to break that just because of how the game is involved in more of a passing game. No, you know who did actually break it was that uh, Darnell Pum- Donnell Pumphrey a few years ago. Who did he play for? Oh shit, uh, San Diego State, and you know uh, Ron Dane actually broke broke Ricky's record too. Okay, so Ron Dane had it. Ron Dane had it for fifteen years, and then uh, Donnell Pumphrey broke it for most career NCAA yards. Okay, so it takes a one-off random person like that. But I, I just, you know, like a Leonard Fournette, you would think he would have been up there, but he was only there for three yeah. years. So yeah, right. No, you're, you're. I get what you're saying that people that record's probably not going to be broken. Yep. Um, going back to Sarkeesian and talking about him, I think Sarkeesian gives a little bit of credit, and I'll give. Um, oh God, what's our people are going to chastise me for this? What's our lineman coach's name? Kyle uh, Flood. Flood. They're, I, they deserve some credit too. That there were some great play design on the run. We were running some super technical guard tackle counters and some a lot more duo and some outside zone. Just some run concepts that we have not shown yet. And Kansas's defense obviously had no idea what was coming. They weren't talented enough to even be in the same realm as Bijan and Roshan and eventually Jonathan Brooks. But regardless, the scheme was there too to keep them off balance. I know people are going to say, why isn't that against TCU, blah, 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 blah. Well, against TCU, they were selling out and had way more talent, and it didn't really matter what you were running. You were only getting two, three yards, first two downs, and then chucking it down the field and hoping Xavier caught it on third down. So, regardless, they give, they deserve some credit. Um, you know what surprised me, though, the offensive line? Or huh. Talking about design, and maybe it was because of the opponent across from them, but – they were running at Cole Hudson's side like the whole first half. Yeah. Um, and again, maybe that was because of Kansas was weaker on that side of the defensive line. But Cole Hudson stepped yeah. up and literally had a great game. I, I mean, literally running at his hole every time. Yeah, they they ran to the right a lot. And I think a good – he's right, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. A good, a good part of that, honestly, is I think more Christian Jones and how good he is at run blocking, especially on the outside type of run. Um, zone type of run. I, I think he's pretty damn underrated. I know it's like crazy to say, but I would not be surprised if he made an NFL roster next year. Not drafted, but made an NFL roster. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he's he's progressed a lot and shown a lot of um, upside this this year. And yeah, it's kind of been an anchor on that run um, run game. Uh, I mean, going. He's an example some, of the super senior year actually helping. Oh yeah, and. Uh, Alignment, I think that's like that jump is way bigger than any other position too, right? I mean, just that much more experience and it doesn't really make sense for a lineman to go to the NFL early, you know? Unless you're like the cream of the crop. Even then, I think that's the last position group I think that should go early. Yeah. Uh, Going to the other side, speaking of early talent, I mean, Kelvin Banks, he better be first team all Big 12. 
This guy is an absolute freak and was mauling kids all damn day. He is so much fun to watch. Uh, I know past he's had some trouble in the past protection, but regardless, he is an unbelievable talent. We are so lucky we have two more years of him. And please, for the love of God, stay healthy. Uh, it was also good seeing Devin Campbell getting some uh, first-team reps and taking advantage of that. He, he, he played great as well. Um, and then the second team came in, and Jonathan Brooks and Jaden Blue were still able to run all over. I know Kansas defense had specially given up, but I don't care. Nino, yeah. Uh, what's that other Logan game? Logan Parr. Parr, Cam Williams. They all looked great, too. Uh, it It's fun watching that and having that just group 10 guys that you can roll out there and the talent really doesn't change that much. And the I mean, experience does, but the talent doesn't. Beyond what you're saying right now, in terms of like, yeah, they look great. They've been improving this year. Like most importantly, this is going to pay dividends a year and a half, maybe two years from now. Because yep. these guys are going to be, you know, eventually Christian Jones, or I guess Christian Jones will be gone this year. He's gone. Uh, Jake Majors will be another year and he's gone. But I mean, it's going to be a, a foundation for this team, hopefully for, for years to come because of what happened in that recruiting class last year. Yeah. And you get junior Angelo back and we talked about last week. I mean, he's basically a starter. You're basically returning five starters. So man, that's just. Yeah. You may have some attrition though. Now that I think about it, but. Oh, you definitely will. I think guys like, I think the guys you have to worry about are the top easily one, two or Cam Williams and Devin Campbell. But you know, if you can somehow let the you know bat, battle it out in camp and then hopefully get them to stay between and, the current starting interior three interior and those two guys and I don't know maybe maybe we've been I mean I know I'm sure this is what they sell but like all it takes is one injury and and you're in so that's true that's also true um, <clears throat> going we talked about Quinn quick but sex not sexy but efficient no force throws a few big third down conversions but take those RPOs, hand it off, make the right read. And they, he wouldn't have a tough reads because, A, the run was always open, and, B, the Kansas DNs were shitty. Uh, but regardless, no force throws, got the ball out quick when he needs to. That one, I can't remember which Bijan touchdown it was, maybe the second or third, where he kind of bounced it outside. And uh, did you see the – Twitter account, main Twitter account tweeted it today, but he bounces outside and immediately Quinn puts his hands on his head like, oh my God, what did he just do? It was pretty pretty funny to watch. Um, but got the ball out quick, good quick throw to Keelan who made the best of it and tough running to get in the end zone. But he's not going to get a swagger back with a game like that, but he's at least going to feel a little bit better about his arm than in the, the prior month, essentially. Um I think there's actually a good chance we see him Quinn aired out a little bit this upcoming week, but we'll get into that later. Uh I'm trying to find the video you're talking about of uh of Quinn putting his hands in the air. I'll I'll text it to you. Um going with the receivers, worthy, good third down catch, but really that was about it. Um Whittington still running hard. yards after catch with a guy like that is pretty much a guaranteed of a solid five every single time um great first down pickups and then yeah keelan as i mentioned so overall a great offensive effort i mean it was a get right game but like you know you run the ball that game ou k-state iowa state and look how dominant not i guess iowa state not as much but and the rest of those games you kind of feel real good about this offense so good on the offense or the offensive unit as well as the offensive coaches and sark for leaning into this just run domination from the get-go and uh, pretty much putting this game to sleep at halftime behind four touchdowns on Bijan. uh going to the other side of the ball speaking of first half first half shutout uh for the defense Second half got a little ugly with some big throws that were kind of slightly concerning. I can't couldn't tell if we had just given up or. I think it was, it was very much a, a lack of, of focus at that point. Probably. Um, so I guess we can chalk it up to that. But still, guys like Phil Taff and I don't know. I saw some bad things from uh, what's it called? Was it Terrence Brooks who got bitched on a few? It and Deshaun honestly didn't play that well either. He might still be hurt. Uh, but 
speaking just on the first half, another great effort by the defensive line. I mean, how many weeks in a row are we going to see that type of play? The typical guys, Coburn, Ojima, Sweat, really hope all three of those guys don't leave. Coburn's gone. Coburn's and Sweat, I think, are for sure gone. I think no, no, no. Coburn is one hundred percent. He's uh, he's from the twenty eighteen class, so he's done. Well, no, he could. He technically is next year, doesn't he? No, but this this was his super senior year. It was. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's gone for sure. And then I I'm assuming Sweat's gone. I don't know about Oshimo. I could see him staying, but yeah, regardless. I agree. Uh, they all play great. Alfred Collins had some good stuff that I saw. Um, and then Baron Sorrell, again, another great game effort for him and a good tackle for loss. I don't know. I feel I feel pretty damn good about where this defense is at right now. I know they've had a semi-turbulent season, but compared to the offense, it's felt a lot more stable. Yeah, no, I mean, they've – Again, we're a pretty battered fan base when it comes to our defense, but that was a, a nice performance after an amazing performance versus TCU. So, I mean, I, if they can do that again versus Baylor and give ourselves a chance at home, that's that's all you can ask for. If they've been very much improved on the back half of the season. So credit to all the coaches and then those players kind of straightening it out um, on the back half of the season because there were a few games this year was like, oh, boy, we're back to who we were last year. <laughs> Yep. No, definitely. Especially guys like Ovi and DeMarvion who we had high expectations who were kind of not living up to those. They have stepped up in, in those in those games of where we've shown how good this defense can be. Um, going into the linebackers, Jalen Ford with another good pick. And Demo played well against the run. I even saw Jet Bush, a couple good uh, plays against the run. He snuck through on one of those third down runs and stopped him. Mo Blackwell coming off the edge playing outside linebacker. He is fast as shit and he plays pretty damn physical. I, I think his head's right. I hope so. I can't tell if he's just playing all out and they're just running right into him or what, but that is, that is very lethal to have a guy like that and kind of sucks him playing well the past few weeks. What that could have been early in the season, especially as we have just struggled all year with the general pass rush, but that that dude he runs angry and it's it's fun to watch and I hope we um, are able to use him more especially going into next year with the loss of Demarvion on the back end Jaron and Cook were all over their run game stopping Jaron hits so damn hard yeah he really does it makes no sense and they're clean hits guy. yeah they're all clean it's like like Brandon Jones is a great tackler but and he had like clean tackles but he was just kind of slow. Like Jaron is probably twenty pounds lighter and faster and hits just as hard, if not harder. It's pretty damn impressive. Um Jade Barron plays twenty pounds heavier than he is too. Great all around as a nickel player. As I said, Sean, I didn't see great things and I, I, I don't know. I hope he's fully healthy, but at this point, does it you know, Terrence Brooks has been playing good enough. So I don't know. Yeah, at this point, just survive. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, oh, yeah, Tavondre does have – you're right. Tavondre does have an extra year of eligibility. Ojimo and, and uh, Keandre are done. Got it. Um, overall, Stark always says complimentary football. That was complimentary football. That entire game was, especially the first half, and that was textbook. Also, just random side note, your Stark story, my Stark story was the him throwing the headset because they couldn't get the playoff in the fourth quarter. Did you see that? No. Oh, completely went full saving through the headset because they the offense was struggling getting the play calling it. I couldn't yell, tell if he was yelling at the offensive staff for not getting the play call in or yelling at the offense itself for being slow and not getting the snap off. But regardless, went full saving, launched the headset up at like 40 points because they couldn't get the the – play caught the play going um it's not that's yeah. not like him no it's not at all so i guess that's good it's not bad um <laughs> you see any, any any other comments on this game no i mean it was i kind of said the high level we did what we were supposed to do again even though everyone was super nervous about the game um it was the first time since well, ou is different right because ou he still has a label of ou but this was the first time where we 
enforced our will. Like we we were the better team, um, both with our athletes and offensive line and defensive line, and we just we dominated the game. And from the get go, you could tell um, once we got the ball the second time, like that that, that there was no way they were going to stop Bijan. So I was happy to see that we're able to get him going. I was happy for him because he deserves it. Um, most importantly, stayed healthy because that yep. cold weather BS Lawrence turf, like just a bad, bad, uh, bad place to play for, for all players in terms of like taking care of your body. So I think we got out there with just Roshan and being dinked up and I think he's okay. Um, I think so. Yes. If I've heard anything, it sounds like he's going to play, but you know, um, no, anyway, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Look, it's crazy to think like we're seven and four at this point. That is just it. I feel like we could. It feels like we were so much worse. So the fact that we're seven and four, we got a chance to go to the Big Twelve with a little bit of help. That's that's like that's all you can ask for. So, yes, it's a good. I guess you know you and I are right on track with our predictions, but the Tech loss just stings so much worse with each win. I think since then. I think Oklahoma State stings more to me. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I think Texas. I texted you during the game. I was like, how yeah. did we lose to this Oklahoma State? Like, Tech was the classic end of September game, first Big 12 game. Like, nobody knew which teams were good, which teams were bad. We were coming in kind of hobbling around with, with Hudson and, like, just choked. Well, I guess we didn't choke, but we kind of, like, had that lucky came back and went to overtime yeah. thing, but Oklahoma yes. State we had the game in our hands. We had it like, and it has been proven that Oklahoma State is not good, um, yeah. but we made them look good that particular day. So that one stings a lot more. Uh, I, I guess both sting more because you win both those games and you're soundly in the Big Twelve championship, which is just and you. I mean, can you imagine what the team is feeling now? I guess yeah, we, yeah, we, you know, you win. Assuming that they win one of those games and you win against Kansas, and now you're like, okay, we've got Baylor, but we have one more shot after the worst offensive output that we've seen in three years under and four years, whatever, and against a team that has a chance of going to the playoffs, and we can ruin all that while also winning the Big Twelve and Sark's second year, like that gets you jazzed up. I don't just, think TCU's big, ever been a bigger fan of Kansas State than they have been this oh week. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. They are massive. Again, shout out Teddy uh, Bashini because he's listened to every single one of these podcasts, surprisingly, um, to hey, listen Teddy. to us dwell uh, on our lack of a season compared to theirs. And he <laughs> did not believe me when I said that all K-State has to do or all we have to do is win and Kansas to win. And he immediately responded with, "Oh, I don't like that." I'm like, yeah, I I wouldn't either. And not as a just as a any any fan, any just a football fan, that is spells trouble. Um, well, I mean, forget from a the revenge standpoint. I mean, forget yeah, revenge. I mean, both both teams are revenge, right? But just from a geographic standpoint, the the difference in the 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 environment of the game versus yep. Kansas state versus That's Texas. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a monumental difference of playing Kansas state in that game than playing Texas. I mean, and then that's, yeah, you're not even doing the Gary thing either. Yeah. True. Well, two I know weeks that's ago, you said Gary thing was nothing. I, I, I still don't think it's nothing, but from a media as an environment, as you're talking about standpoint, I think it means a lot more than Chris Kleiman. Yeah, uh, shout out to John Woodard. He also stated that he was not wanting to play Texas again because they were never gonna. You're not gonna get that kind of second op, second like horrible offensive performance by Texas. Like you're not, it's just it's not gonna happen. At the same time, we're probably not gonna get as good of a defensive performance as we did. But that's true. um, You know, I, I I hope Sark went over to. Kansas's locker room and told them, "Hey, this is what you got to do." Because yeah, <laughs> that'd be pretty funny if they did. Um, yeah, I, it's we, even in you know in basketball, it's like it's so hard to beat the same team twice. It's like okay, well in football, you only play these guys once, and then you're lucky if you're really lucky, you get to play one other one of these teams again once, one more time. Right? It's, you know, fun stuff. Uh, okay, well, but first off, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We got to win. Friday at 11 a.m. on Fox. 
uh, ESPN, but Sark Sark actually made a good point um, about oh gosh, we have RG three, but Sark made a really good point about the advantage that we have by this game being played on Friday, like the fact that I'm listening. What I'm listening. Just just the okay. I wasn't talking about advantage over Baylor. I'm talking about if we. Oh. If we were to have had Kansas State play 11 a.m. and lose, ah, uh, I see what you're saying. And then we had to go win. Like, just talk about yeah, the. I don't know. Like, no, we, we have no yeah. pressure on us other than to go do what we need to do. Like, you know, go if you go, go win the game, and yeah. whatever else happens afterwards happens. Yeah. So I like because I like his mindset. Uh, I okay. I, I yeah, he's right because yeah, if you if Kansas loses, then the team Kansas State like, oh, shit. Well. Okay, sure. What? Either way, uh, I got State, you. I got you. Yeah, Kansas State wins. You're like, well, shit, that sucks. Well, I guess we can either go seven and five or eight and four. Yeah, you're playing for the seniors at that point. Okay, which isn't for nothing, but regardless, or yeah, if you watch them win, your behold tightens up a little bit. Goes, oh shit, we got to win this. We got to do everything we can. We got to do it, you know, in kind of the yeah. relaxedness. The calmness does go away. I actually don't disagree with that. Yeah, that's. That's that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um, Even though I hate the fact that we're playing this game at 11 a.m. after Thanksgiving, there's going to be like maybe 60,000 people there. Why on a Friday? It makes me. It's the middle finger from the Big 12. I but we always we've done it the past 10 years. I know it's honestly a huge. Like if I was a season ticket holder, which you are, I would be pissed because it's a waste of a game. It's It's an absolute waste waste of a game. game. I I, don't, I seriously do not get it. It makes literal no sense. And it's but, a huge disadvantage to Texas because we literally lose a home home field advantage. It's not a home yeah. field game at all. Especially because every year it's either Tech or Baylor. And it's like, okay, yeah. There's going to be a decent amount of fans there regardless what day it is. But when you make it on Friday, it, it kind of levels it out in terms of percentage. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, no, whatever. It, it is what it is. It is Hopefully it is. Gotta, this goes away when we go to the SEC. Hopefully well, Baylor's used to playing in a smaller crowd anyway, so. There, that's true. Uh, speaking of Baylor, 6-5 and five, with some decent wins and some really bad losses. Beat Iowa State, beat OU. Who's look, both those wins are, I guess, Iowa State wins. Uh, by the way, Iowa State has lost, I think, five Big 12 games by a combined score of, like, 15 or something like that. Yeah. Something crazy. Uh, regardless. And then Baylor then goes and loses to West Virginia on a Thursday night, weird game and got absolutely torched by K state two weeks ago. Then this past weekend, I don't even want to talk about the game, but loses to TCU and kind of blew it. I don't want to say that they like completely blew it because Duggan kind of just Superman TCU at the end, but they seized up a little bit and really didn't take advantage of Quentin Johnson and Kendra Miller both being out regardless. This is a team who's kind of been all over the place and not really consistent football. Their offense has played better than they expected with Shapin being a good, but not great quarterback and the O-line playing better than expected. But then their defense led by Aranda, who's a very, very stout defensive minded coach has been a little bit worse than people thought with decent O-line play, but poor linebacker DB play and really just poor situational um, type of defense, which we'll get into later. Going back to the shaping in the offense, shaping throwing for 66 completion on the year, four touch, 14 touchdowns, but nine picks. He's thrown four of those picks in the last three games, but only given up one sack in those uh, three games. Richard Reese, their leading rusher and running back is a true freshman. He's a quick kid. I wouldn't call him a big kid or a strong kid. Monterey Baldwin is the leading receiver. Had a couple good returns and some big catches this past week against TCU. Fast as shit. Not a huge guy. Their big receiver guy, big possession receivers, Gavin Holmes. And then Ben Sims. We haven't really played a great tight end this year. I was trying to think of one, and I don't think we've played one that's as good as Sims. I was maybe uh, thinking okay. the oh, OU disagree. kid. UTSA had that tank. That kid was just fucking huge. Yeah, he was good. He went fast as I was like me running around there. (laughs) He was just (laughs) like 6'9". You said tight end that we've played. He's the first thing that came to mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty. 
he did have a few of those like takes five guys to take him down type plays. Yeah. Uh, going over to their defense, Al Walcott. Al Walcott sounds like a like a poker player from the 1930s. Is a leading their leading tackler and probably the best player um, at safety. Uh, he's kind of a do it all because um, they can lead the team in pass deflections as well. Uh, this Baylor defense can limit you on paper. They limit people on the run game on like a yard per game standpoint. I think they're second in the Big 12 in terms of uh, rush yards per game as a defense, but they give up a lot of first downs. They have a worse third down conversion rate than our defense does. I think ninth in the big 12 and also terrible in the red zone, giving up the highest uh, scoring percentage in the red zone in the big 12 this season. They don't, they don't have a lot of big, let a lot of big plays over their head. Um, But you can obviously beat them by death by a thousand paper cuts. Uh, I think we are familiar with an offense that's able to do that and kind of operate preferably like that. Also defense on their defense, they don't get a lot of sacks. So they don't do a great job of getting pressure and then they give up their downs. And then if you get down to the red zone, you score that. So to me, this makes it sound like that this off our offense is going to be able to move on them and score on them. So what does that mean? This game is going to be determined by our defense. I'm, gonna guess we're gonna try and make shape and throw the ball obviously it's been shaky in the past few games with the four picks limit them on third down conversions which we've done a great job of in the past month all of this is what i'm saying is that our defense has got the mojo and if they're determining this game i think texas wins this one i think texas wins this one pretty soundly i'll say 38 24 and that might be a little conservative um I'm looking for lines nine. Uh, no, Baylor's total rush defense. Where are they? For what? There they are, number 42 in the nation. Okay, similar to us. Um, <clears throat> so answer me this. If Baylor were to have taken their time getting off the field or subbing and or trying to sub during that last yes. play versus TCU, yes. they would have won, right? Correct. Like what what were like what were they doing? I don't know. <laughs> like that's a complete like win put on the platter for you by just a simple logistical aspect of the game that you completely missed, Aranda. So that was surprising. Yep. Um, that was that was pretty bad. Shapin made a lot of decisions towards the end of the game that were alarming and the fact that he missed some pretty wide open receivers. Um, mm-hmm. So that is something I hope we can take advantage of as he well. I don't know. One on that boot, that play action boot. That was just, yeah, the game open. that would have been the game winning first down uh, that everyone saw because the announcer was going nuts about it, but there was a few others. I had the sound off cause I wasn't doing great, but so, so there's that, um, there was a few, and I don't know how much of it was Big 12 officiating, but a lot of flags thrown on the Baylor defense, especially in the red zone that you mentioned. So it was interesting to hear that they have a pretty bad pretty bad defense in the red zone. So that makes sense. But it kind of comes down to, like, are we able to take advantage of the things that TCU was able to take advantage of? And then how are we able to implement that same rushing attack that we did versus, uh, versus Kansas? And that's why I was looking at the – Total Baylor or the total rush defense and Baylor's ranked number 42 in the nation. We are currently number 32. So I'd call that pretty comparable. But, you know, how does the home or the lack of like anybody being there um, play into this game? I don't think it plays as much into the game because I don't know. I'd just say 11 a.m. after Thanksgiving, I think both teams will be sleepwalking. I like the under in this game. Um, I think Quinn is able to connect on a few deep balls finally. Uh, the team plays loose. We got nothing to nothing to lose. So I'm going to take Texas 35-27. Yeah, I kind of hinted at it earlier, but I, I think this that Quinn is going to be able to connect on some good balls. I'm not going to say deep balls. What I'm basically saying is that the kind of dink and dunk Jordan Whittington slants that they were to – worthy and then the screen game that they had going which has kind of been non-existent this past season which is a little interesting considering how good of a blocker worthy is Savion red's actually a pretty damn good blocker too and then our tight end blocking ability so 
between that, I think, yeah, the Quinn is going to have a little better of a game and get his kind of mojo back. And maybe that does open up for a deep shot downfield. But the dink and dunk, easy offense, quote unquote easy, I mean, just easy route offense, one read offense that Sark can sometimes exhibit um, is will will be a factor. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, implications of it, the higher high level and – be nice to be able to go eight and four in the regular season, be, you know, solo third in the Big 12. Um, it just, there's a lot of just, you know, momentum type aspects with that come with a win. Um, I just hope we don't do what we have typically done on the Thanksgiving game um, since we've stopped playing AM. So we'll see what happens there. But hopefully, uh, hopefully Sark's able to design it up and, and get a little creative and, and open this offense up and hopefully make it so that we can watch the uh, USA-England game in the second half. Oh, is that on Saturday? Yeah, uh, Friday. Oh. Our game is on Friday. I don't know if you knew that or not. but. <laughs> uh, no, I, sorry. I was getting confused when the USA – wait, who do we play? USA-England is at 1 o'clock on Friday. They put England and Wales in the same group? Mm-hmm. And that was talking soccer. All right, games of the and week. Us, us and Iran. <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, games of the week. Last one. Rivalry week. Rivalry week. Michigan at Ohio State. Eleven eight. There's actually some good Thursday Friday games, but I kind of glanced over them. Michigan at Ohio State. Eleven eight on Fox. Ohio State's minus seven and a half. Blake Corm's hurt, but seems like he's probably going to play. Michigan barely got by. Uh, was that Illinois? Uh, yeah. After he got hurt, had to win on the last second field goal, drove down, got it done. Regardless, tight game. Ohio State struggled against Maryland. I know on the score sheet there, won by like 18 points or whatever, but they had a pick six at the end of the game to really kind of put that seal that game. Who's the more physical team and how healthy is Corum? That like this is this is a dichotomy of two different types of team. The ground and pound, try to out-physicality you at the line of scrimmage of Michigan versus the finesse, throwing the ball, Ohio State, and then on their defensive side, kind of try to out-scheme you with Jim Knowles, the old Oklahoma State defense coordinator who's done a great job but still just doesn't have the full player skill set that is required to run that defense perfectly. I'm going to take Stroud at home. I think that their receivers are – the best in the country and Stroud's probably the best player in the country. So give me Ohio state, but the seven and a half kind of scares me. If I was betting on it, I'd probably buy it down to six and a half. Yeah. It hurts me to say it as well, but give me Ohio state at home. I don't, I think this is a revenge game after last year when Michigan absolutely embarrassed them. Uh, So I think I like Ohio state uh, by 10 plus at home. Quorum. It, it does kind of scare me too. I mean, he's going to play, but I, I don't know. I, how healthy is he? You know, uh, Michigan's quarterback really didn't impress me. I was watching the Illinois game. He didn't really impress me at all. No, he's, he's been kind of, he started off really hot and he won the job and then he's kind of faded since then. I mean, their skills, skill players are not, not the best. So he's also, I think he's a true freshman. Um, Regardless, that game's always fun to watch. Notre Dame, the guaranteed a fight. Guaranteed a fight. Notre Dame at USC, 630 ABC. USC is minus five and a half. Caleb Williams coming on in a big way. USC can still make the college football playoff. I don't know if they completely control their own destiny, but I don't think there's a great argument that says that they can for sure don't control their own destiny. Um, Notre Dame has played a lot better after losing to Stanford and Marshall, which is crazy to say, but they have and upset Clemson and beat the shit out of pretty much everyone else they've played. Uh, USC, I think, is on pace for one of the best turnover margins in the country or in the like ever in NCAA history. So when does that luck kind of end? Regardless, Caleb Williams within a touchdown. I think you got to take that at home. How do you not? That that screams just blow out kind of to me if they got to play yeah. for something, you know. Caleb Williams has some momentum too, man. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the highlights of the game versus UCLA. Yes. He was playing really well, like really well. He's – dude, there was that that one throw when he was on his run – on the run to the left. Did you see that? 
Yeah, that's that's the one everyone's talking about. Holy shit! Yeah, no, he's uh, kind of Kyler Murray esque. <laughs> a little bit yeah, bigger, but, it's, but a yeah, but a way better arm. Like, yeah, he can move. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty damn impressive. And Jordan Addison's obviously a wonderful receiver to throw to. Um, kind of a week. I'll go ahead and say it. Kind of a week. Last regular season of the year, you know. Oregon, Oregon State's not a bad game, but Oregon State really doesn't get everyone jazzed up. Florida, Florida State's not great. Florida getting beat by Vanderbilt this past week, and North Carolina, you know, Ole Miss, Mississippi State's eh, it's fine. Florida or uh, Alabama, Auburn is not a good game. It's Alabama, it's... Auburn's not a good one. I, I don't know. There's nothing that's really getting me going. Um, but the game that really kind of is probably going to be the determining mm-hmm. factor. It may matter. <laughs> it might matter. Kansas at Kansas State, 7 o'clock on Fox. Kansas State's minus 12. I never thought we'd be talking about it, but here we are. I really hope we didn't hurt J- Jalen Daniels too much, but I think he might have been a little dinged up after that DTD uh, targeting, which was also like one of the dirty, unbelievable, like low-key, very, very dirty hit, throwing the elbow right into the jaw. Uh, Adrian Martinez looks like he's for sure out and he's definitely going to be out against the big 12 in the big 12 championship game too. So Will Howard is for sure starting for KSU and they also lost one of their uh, star safeties. Um, can the Kansas defense show up? Can they stop the Kansas state run? Can they bottle up Deuce Vaughn and not let Will Howard run all over him? I, I really I really want to say yes, and I wrote down yes and being the optimist, but, man, I just don't get – after watching what our offense did to their defense last week, it's hard to get really excited about maybe having a shot of them winning this game. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be the type of deal where either Kansas State blows them out or Kansas, like, weirdly gets our attention and we have to turn it on in the second half for a bit oh, and yeah. Kansas, State, Kansas State rolls away. I mean, they're, they're just – the Kansas defense was so bad. And Kansas State is a good ball club. I think Kansas State ends up winning by double digits. So, yeah, you're probably right. The question That's I wanted to ask: I want have, did we break the record for most times leaving and entering the top twenty-five in a season? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, we Texas is number twenty-three uh, as of Tuesday night. So we were unranked. We got ranked after we lost to Bama. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's the thing. Are you counting like the AP poll or whatever? Well, we were unranked versus ULM, right? And unranked versus Bama. Yes. Okay. So in after Bama, out after Tech, in after OU. Uh, I think so. Yes, we were. We were ranked versus Iowa State. Okay. Out after Oklahoma State. So wait. In. Did we drop out after that? Yeah. Okay. And then so out and then Kansas State, we won. We back no, we haven't been we weren't we weren't ranked then. We I don't know, we we were we were yeah, we were ranked versus TCU. Yeah. Oh we are. Okay, so six six. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> it's like schizophrenic. <laughs> it's like one or the other. Come on, let's pick. Let's pick it here. Jeez. Now here's the question: Ranked the final ranking before the playoffs. Um. Yeah, if we win this week, yes. But what about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. We probably are. Okay. So, Wow, that's crazy. Six times. <laughs> Just, it's like every other week. We are a basketball school. Shout out number speaking of rankings, number one in Ken Palm. We talked about that before yeah. we started recording. Shout out to Camel Cravens. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Last regular season week. We we haven't really figured out our schedule for the rest of the year. I think it kind of depends on how this weekend goes, actually. So we'll do one more at least. Hopefully two more episodes. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Talk to you all next week. Maybe hook them. Happy Thanksgiving.
I'm coming home to you. Flew from Boston out to San Jose. Saw our old friends in Monterey Bay. When they asked me if I'd like to stay, I said, I'm coming home to you. I'm coming home. Made up my mind, that's what I'm Everybody knows old Sleepy John He said next time I better bring you along I'm coming home to you They fresh caught salmon on the barbecues There were people jamming to the all-night blues Life is good out in Santa Cruz But I'm coming home to you Taxi through the pouring rain 